Where is the debt hiding this economic cycle? In each economic cycle, the debt buildup or the debt time bomb is hiding in a different corner of the economy. Depending on where the biggest debt buildup is concentrated can determine the way the recession unfolds. Debt in the banking sector may be more explosive than debt in the government sector, but they each have their own negative impacts. There is no free lunch. No sector of the economy, not even the government sector, can rack up debts without negative consequences, no matter what anyone tells you. In this video, we're going to look at the debt buildup across every major sector of the economy and find where the biggest problem today is and what the impact is likely to be. To start, it's very important to remember that debt is a long-term variable and impacts what we call the secular economic trends or the three to five year trends in growth, inflation, and asset prices. You can't use debt to predict the near term. Debt impacts growth over the long term, so it's important to keep that in the back of your mind. Debt is extremely important to analyze and the impacts are very serious, but it's not a timing tool. Everyone talks about debt as if all debt is the same or in the same place, but as you can see, the economy has many sectors and the debt load is usually concentrated in one or several places, not all at once. We're going to run through all these sectors and what the debt load looks like, but let's just set the visual context. There can be government debt and private debt. Government debt can be broken down into federal or state and local. The private sector can be broken down into three major sectors, the business sector, the household sector, and the financial or banking sector. The household sector can be broken down even further into mortgage debt and consumer debt. Consumer debt is made up primarily of student debt, credit card debt, and auto debt. So you can see that when we talk about debt in the economy, we have to be very specific. Let's start by taking it from the broadest point, the whole pie. Total public and private debt. Total public and private debt in the United States is at 370% of GDP. All the charts I will show will be expressed as a percentage of GDP because that makes it consistent across time and also because the academic research on how debt impacts the economy uses debt to GDP as the metric. Most academic research shows that when total public and private debt surpasses 300% of GDP, problems start to arise. And what I mean by problems is not always a big crash or a blow up, but rather a reduction in economic growth, a reduction in the advancement of the standard of living. After an economy becomes this indebted, over 300% total debt to GDP, you can start to see it in the quality of life. And in the U.S., this was after the 2000s recession. After the 2000s recession, the U.S. crossed this critical line and real economic growth started to collapse, just as the research suggested. As I mentioned, total debt is a function of government debt and private sector debt. On the government side, we can see a total debt to GDP ratio of 121%, the highest point in U.S. history. Government debt can be broken down into federal debt and state and local debt, and we can see that the real problem is federal debt at 108% of GDP. State and local debt is actually not that high relative to history. Much of this problem is the concentration of power at the federal level, but that's a topic for another day. Right now, the takeaway is just that a major source of our current debt buildup is government debt, but most specifically federal government debt. 
And after we go through all the sectors, we'll highlight the major problem areas and the expected impact on the economy. And federal government debt is certainly a major issue. What about the private sector? Total debt in the private sector is 248% of GDP. And this private sector debt is higher than any other period outside of the 2008 meltdown. So we can rest easy that the private sector debt isn't as high as 2008, but it's still very high compared to any other point in history. Private sector debt is a bit more toxic than the government sector when it comes to crashes and blowups and meltdowns, but as I mentioned, high levels of debt in any sector have major ramifications no matter where it's hidden. So let's dig into the private sector a bit more and look at the business sector, the banking sector, and then the household sector. Business debt to GDP is at a record, higher than the 2008 period, at 78% of GDP. It spiked in the COVID recession, but that's just because GDP went down. But for all intents and purposes, the business sector or corporate sector in the U.S. is the most indebted it's ever been. This is a major reason why during the COVID crash, the Federal Reserve had to go outside of their charter and support the private corporate bond market. There's just way too much debt in this sector. So we'll come back to this, but the business sector is an area to note that's at a record level of debt. So we have the federal government at a record and the business sector at a record. What about the banks? The banking sector is much healthier than the 2008 crisis, very clearly. Total debt to GDP is only 76% compared to over 100% for the financial sector. The threshold in academic research is about 85% for the financial sector, so we're below that threshold, which is a good thing. European banks are not healthy, but the U.S. banking system has improved in terms of deleveraging quite a bit. So this is a major reason why the 2008-style banking crisis isn't likely to repeat itself this time, despite all the problems that we currently have. This chart shows the combination of household debt and banking sector debt, and you can see that it's very high and it's certainly suppressing economic growth, but it's not near the 2008 levels. The problems today are bad, there's no question about that, but it's not the same recipe as 2008, which was concentrated in the household and banking sector. So let's look at the household sector specifically now. The threshold in academic research is about 85% as well, so it's clear why when this ran to 100% debt to GDP, it was majorly problematic. Today, it's not low by any stretch, still at 75%, but it's not the same situation as 2008. As I mentioned, household debt can be broken down into mortgage debt and consumer debt. Mortgage debt in the household sector has come down a lot, from over 70% debt to GDP in the 2008 crisis to 49% today. So households aren't over leveraged when it comes to mortgage debt. It's really the business sector this time that holds a lot of the mortgage debt and mostly apartment debt. But what about consumer debt? Consumer debt is made up of student debt, credit card debt, and auto debt. This is a very important area to focus on because unlike a mortgage, consumer debt is very toxic. Credit card debt has crazy high interest rates. Auto debt is linked to a depreciating asset. And student debt is the only form of debt that cannot be forgiven in our current system. This type of debt is very hard to climb out of, and we have a record level of consumer debt today, higher than the 2008 crisis. The problem is also that most of this consumer debt is in the millennial and younger cohort of people, the cohort that many people believe will drive the next wave of housing demand, but that's just not going to happen when everyone is saddled with record levels of consumer debt. 
A common narrative today is that the household sector is healthy because total household debt to GDP has come down quite a bit, but that's all because of mortgage debt. Households have racked up a record amount of consumer debt that is acting as a weight around the neck of most people's budgets. Breaking down that consumer debt into its three parts, and we can see that credit card debt is coming down as a percentage of GDP. Not particularly problematic. Auto debt to GDP, however, is extremely high, so this is an area to watch, almost as high as the 2008 crisis. Student loans are also a real issue. Student loans are crushing many households and preventing an acceleration of growth that we normally see coming from the 25 to 54-year-old age group. So let's summarize the problem areas. Federal government debt is at a record, business sector debt is near a record, and consumer debt is near a record. But within consumer debt, auto debt and student debt are the main culprits. So we have a record or near record level of debt in the federal government sector, the business sector, the auto sector, and the student loan sector, four major sectors of the economy. Federal government and student loans are hugely problematic when it comes to future economic growth. Future growth will be massively suppressed in the years ahead because of the indebtedness in these two sectors, but there's less of a crash or blow-up risk because the federal government can always borrow more to pay their obligations, and the federal government also owns a majority of the current student loans. The business sector is highly leveraged, so this is a very big issue if the economy falls into a deep recession with job losses. There will be defaults in the corporate sector, and that's going to wipe out a lot of equity. I'd watch the corporate debt space very closely, particularly as a recession builds in its intensity. As far as the consumer, the auto sector appears to be a bigger issue than the housing sector as it pertains to a concentration of debt in the household budget. So now you know where all the debt is and where the problem areas are. If you want a separate video on one of these sectors in particular and how that specific sector will impact the economy going forward, then leave a comment in the section below. Problem areas are the federal sector, the business sector, the auto sector, and student loans.